Baseball season's underway. This is Bases Juiced, and I'm Arielle Epstein, a.k.a. The Prep Queen. Opening day has kick-started baseball season, and I'll go through a quick recap of some big betting moments from yesterday. Red Sox writer Chad Jennings from The Athletic will join the show, and we've got some sharp bets for tonight's MLB slate coming up. Now, every intro when I turned on any baseball game yesterday, they all talked about the rule changes. The average game time on opening day was 2 hours and 45 minutes. That's down 18 minutes from the season average last year. There were also 21 stolen base attempts, which is the most on opening day since 1907. That's just insane. And I feel like we felt that by watching the games. Public betters also did well. The Braves, they crushed the Nationals 7-2, covered the Braves' run line, and their team total over, which, by the way, was 4.5. We were sweating it here at the office. An over 4.5 for 4. They end up with 7 runs. The fact that we had to sweat that out through 9 innings was absolute... Um, torture. I was trying. I was going to use a word that was worse, so I'm not going to. The Baltimore Orioles were also one of the biggest plays of the day, and they won outright over the Red Sox, 10 to 9. The Yankees, another big loss for the books, big win for the public. 90% of handle was on the Yankees money line. I'm sure a ton of parlays too. Yanks beat the Giants, 5 to nothing. Oh, and Aaron Judge homered again, so I'm sure that was a popular home run bet. I tried to bet against the Dodgers' run line because backing reverse line movement and fading the public is so much fun until it loses. So congratulations, Dodgers' run line, still a thing for now. Great job, all you Dodgers backers. Yankees ace Garrett Cole and Angels starter Shohei Otani went over their strikeout props with 11 and 10 Ks. So the only one I really didn't see coming was that Aaron Nola and Jacob DeGrom were terrible. They each gave up five earned runs, and the Rangers ended up winning 11-7 over the Phillies. So I guess the one big difference here is that Jacob DeGrom makes his debut with the Texas Rangers, and the Rangers actually gave DeGrom run support. That was the biggest win of DeGrom's day, I guess. He was terrible, but hey, it wasn't the Mets. So sorry to you Mets fans back there listening because... Yeah, that's not good for uh, Mets losing their ace, but hey, the Mets won too. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by the Red Sox beat writer from The Athletic, Chad Jennings. He's going to give us all the updates you need to know on the Boston Red Sox and curious to see if he has any faith in them for some kind of futures action. Stay here on Faces Juiced. Welcome back to Bases Juice. Joining me now, I am so excited to have athletic beat writer for the Boston Red Sox, Chad Jennings, joining the show. Chad, we go back, way back, actually. I wanted to be your intern <laughs> at one point. That was about 15 years ago. Here we are today. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. I'm very happy to do it. And everyone loves that you have this job where your job was to essentially just go to opening day. I grew up just playing hooky from school to go to opening day. You get paid to do it. How was opening day yesterday for the Sox? Well, it was cold um, and it was kind of a mess. <laughs> uh, you know, they, you know, they kind of tried to rebuild their pitching staff around this idea of guys throwing strikes and then they walked nine guys and hit a batter and threw some wild pitches. It was kind of, a, it was kind of sloppy, but uh, so not ideal. Yeah, this Red Sox rotation lost so many pieces, including Nathan Evaldi, Rich Hill. Now you have Chris Sale, who's in and out because of injury. Yeah. What is the update on the ace for the Sox, Chris Sale? I mean, he's he's healthy. He pitched well in spring training. Velocity was up a little bit from, from previous springs. But, you know, I mean, you, you touched on it. I, there's trying to predict anything about this rotation right now is is so incredibly difficult 
you know, I can't imagine being someone who talks about trying to bet on this sport for a living because <laughs> it is, I mean, I don't know how you have any idea what to expect from start to start from any of these guys. I mean, whether it's injury stuff and age stuff with Sale, Kluber, James Paxton, and then there's just, you know, youth in the rotation with, Garrett Whitlock and Brian Bayo, you know, Tanner Houck getting his first time in a in an open day rotation. It it is really hard to know what to expect out of the pitching staff from this team. And it starts sort of at the top with Sale, who's who's gonna make his debut tomorrow. I mean, you know, th- three years off basically. You know, he's he he's come back and made a few starts here and there, but you know, he gets hit by a comeback or last season, uh spring training got a terrible injury. about yeah. that. That was, yeah, I, I still replayed in my head of Chris Sale getting hit by that pitch and yeah. feeling so bad that he finally got healthy. How do you stay mentally tough if you're Chris Sale? Well, and he's talked about that, that, that a lot of this was, there were some real low points for him, I think. And, and he gets really frustrated. He's a guy who puts a lot of pressure on himself, a lot of expectations. Um, and I think it hit him hard at times. And, and that was one of the, I wrote about this in the middle of spring training. One of the most noticeable things about him this spring is just, I, I, there's not a better word for it. He was joyful. There, there was a, there was a sense to him of just an appreciation. Uh, you know, the way he, Brian Johnson, who used to pitch for the Red Sox a few years ago, he came in with, he's like coaching a high school team now. And he came in with this team and sale like comes off. I mean, he, he might've spent just an hour like hanging out with these high school kids talking to him. I, I don't know. There's just a different, it's a different type of intensity, right? Like he's a very intense guy. And I think it's still there when he's pitching, but there he he, mentally he's in a different place now than he was. He, and, and I mean, he even talked about that. He feels happier now than he was in 19. And, you know, he comes in in 19, he gets a contract extension. He's just made seven straight all-star teams. He just made the last out of the world series. And he, he, he's, he feels like he's in a better place mentally now, just with the appreciation and everything that from, from what he lost. Um, than he was even then. So if that's worth anything, <laughs> hey, physically, it's then, worth, uh, then it's there. It's worth knowing all the ins and outs of what you get to see in the locker room because as someone who works at a sports book, there's not much that we get access to. So to <laughs> yeah. hear it from you that, hey, Chris Sale, at least mentally, is there, is really good for not only us, but even Red Sox fans to hear that Sale is in a good mental state. Now, Chad, for Red Sox fans, they finished last, the Red Sox, in the division yeah. last year. How should those fans be feeling about the future of this season? Look, they're, they, they've made – I think the, the feeling here is generally negative right now, right? I mean, it's a team that in the last three years – I mean, gosh, they traded Mookie Betts, lost Xander Bogarts. They've missed the playoffs twice. Um, it, it, it doesn't feel great right now. Um, they, they've kind of built a team that looks a little bit like 21 was like, in, you know, in 2021, they made this kind of unexpected playoff run um, with some some sort of shorter term assets. And and maybe they can do that again this year. But they've they are more of sort of that wild card, a little bit less predictable. And they're in a division where the Yankees are strong, where the Blue Jays are strong, where the Rays constantly are churning out pitching and where the Orioles are sort of this up and coming team with as much reason for optimism as they've had in probably a decade. So compared to all of that, you look at the Red Sox having just lost Xander Bogarts, lost Nathan Navaldi, lost J.D. Martinez, lost Michael Waka, lost Rich Hill. I mean, it's a, this is a, it's a really weird time for them. You don't have to squint too hard to see how it could work, right? I mean, they, they, they have some pieces that can hit. They have pitchers who, if they're healthy and if they can perform up to expectations, could be good. 
but there are just so many ways too that it could go wrong. So uh, I, I think the level of optimism in Boston is maybe relatively low, um, but <laughs> there are some X factors here and sort of wild card things that could happen uh, that could make them kind of a sneaky good team um, if a lot of things go right. There is one of those, and that's the outfielder, Masataka Yoshida, who has come yeah. over from Japan. He was played in the World Baseball Classic, though, for Japan. That's my concern, at least a little bit early on, not as much time with the Red Sox. How do you see Yoshida transitioning into Major League Baseball? Well, look, he has he came in like sort of known for this advanced approach at the plate, right? He can take a walk. He can work in at bat. He makes good contact. The, the thing with him and the reason the Red Sox were more aggressive going after him than other teams is the Red Sox think he's going to hit for power. He hit for power in Japan. Um, you saw he hit the big in the semifinals of the WBC, he hit this huge three-run homer that basically put Japan in the finals. He has power. And, you know, if that plays, if, if that translates in the U.S., that you know, now you're talking about a pretty, a really productive corner outfielder and that's part of that's why the reds the red sox went after him this offseason is they Hold believe on. that the upside do there. we think that yoshida is also brought over because maybe his teammate shohei otani from wbc who there are a lot of rumors swirling that he's yeah. gonna be out of la is yoshida gonna try to bring that extra boost over <laughs> to boston is there a chance of that oh i mean gosh is there a chance i mean look the, the thing is they've the Red Sox can spend money when they want to, right? I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I think that <laughs> it's so hard to say, like, can they – who knows, honestly, like, what – That's Otani's a nice boost. Want. You want to sell tickets, Boston, sure. even though I don't think Fenway really is a problem in selling tickets, even yeah, if yeah, they're I bad. Yeah, they're probably all right. Yeah, the Yankees should have learned a lesson from not making a new stadium. But anyway, uh, I will yeah. not get into that. <laughs> the Red Sox did lose someone really important, though, and that was Xander Bogarts, their shortstop. Mm -hmm. They thought maybe they'd bring Trevor Story over from second base to short. He ends up undergoing elbow surgery and out indefinitely. What is the plan at shortstop for Boston? It's going to be Kike Hernandez almost every day there. Uh, you know, when when they signed him heading into, what was that, 21 that they that they brought him in, and, and they just, uh, basically announced from the beginning, we're going to give him an everyday job, um, which, you know, he kind of had off and on in L.A., but I, I don't. it never felt like the Dodgers fully were committed to him as an everyday player. He's more sort of that super utility type. So the Red Sox have shown some faith in, in Kike. He played very well for them in 21, especially in the second half hurt a lot last year but now you know it was one thing when he sort of emerged as an everyday center fielder you know now you're asking him to play shortstop in a lineup too that doesn't have a lot of right-handed bats right that's part of why they had to go get Adam Duvall when, when they lost Trevor Story and they lost Xander and they lost JD you know it's it's Justin Turner Adam Duvall and and Kike Hernandez is kind of a key part of that to give him some right-handed balance so he's going to get it Kike's going to play a lot um you know, they, they went out and traded for Adalberto Mondesi, but, I mean, they just put him on the 60-day. I mean, he, he's at least two months away. So the shortstop position is his. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, how much do you believe in the, the way he hit in the second half of 21? You know, can he be that type of hitter again and be, you know, really productive? I think they think he's going to be at least solid defensively, um, but it's, it's a question, I think, of how much offense you're going to get. How optimistic are the Sox that Trevor Story returns this season and in a healthy yeah. way? Yeah, I, I think they're optimistic, but uh, you know they're they're not. It's not going to happen before the All Star break. So you know, at best, you're looking at you know what two or three months from him. Um, 
you know, they're hopeful, but it, that's this. There's some risk in this. I mean, this, this thing could could go slowly, and and we'll kind of have to see. It's a little bit too early in the process, really, to have a great feel for the timetable. Um, you know, he's just kind of barely doing baseball activities. He's not hitting yet, um, so there are ways away from having like a real sense of of how his recovery is going. But even then, I mean, you know, best case scenario, I think you're looking at, you know, July or August for him to be back. I want to end this on a on a high note, or I don't know. I'm going to find out the answer to this because I've been dying to know. You've been in Boston seven years. Mm -hmm. Before Boston, you were here in New York covering the New York Yankees. We're not talking about a transition of Yankees beat writer to Diamondbacks beat writer. Yeah. We're talking Yankees to Red Sox. How on earth was that transition for you, and how were you received by all those Red Sox fans? I, my father-in-law, who's from up here, liked it a lot. Uh, when I met him, I was covering the Yankees, and he was—he did not know much of what to make of that. Um, you know, I always—I tell people though that honestly, it—it it really would have been more different going from the Yankees to the Diamondbacks or to the Brewers or to some to a smaller market team, right? You go from the Yankees to the Red Sox, the rivalry aspect of it the fan base changes drastically right like if i'm a yankees but, fan and you come over yeah. to the yankees and you were a red sox reporter i'm looking at you as if why should i listen to him yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah completely but the experience of actually covering the team with like a this massive fan base and a and a big market team that spends a lot of money um that has a really like deep and and sort of strong front office like all of that stuff is pretty similar um, and I think I benefited a lot from having been in the AL East for all that time. I, I was relatively familiar with the Red Sox. I kind of knew a little bit more what to, to what to expect. So I think for for me, the the move was actually easier because I was going from the Yankees to the Red Sox. But I think for anyone who was reading me or following me, it was probably quite a jarring experience. <laughs> um, and I and I heard from a lot of people uh, as that change happened. I love it. And trust me, everybody who's listening, you've got to go follow Chad Jennings because he is such a great reporter. Covered the Yankees, covered the Red Sox, and he knows how to cover a big market team, win or lose. And I wish I could have interned for you 15 years ago <laughs> still. But... I, think, I think you're doing all right. You seem to be doing just fine. Chad Jennings from The Athletic, thank you so much for joining us today. No problem, Ariel. Talk to you later. Coming up, I've got all my picks for today's slate of Major League Baseball games. Really short slate of just five, so stay here. Welcome back to Basis Juiced. I'm Ariel Epstein with my favorite plays for tonight's short MLB slate, and that's just five games. So let's start with the early one. 6.40 p.m. Eastern time. The Mets are at the Marlins. I like the first five under of four runs. The Mets starter is David Peterson, and Peterson won the role for that last spot in the Mets rotation because he threw 12 scoreless, one-hit innings in spring training. Now, his starting stats overall, not that great. However, against the Marlins last year, 2-8-1 ERA. The Marlins starter, Jesus Lazardo, batters, they do not hit well against him. 191, which ranked ninth last year in Major League Baseball. Now, along with the under in the first five, I do like the over five and a half strikeouts for Peterson. Peterson, he went over this in three out of four games against the Marlins last year. Four of the games that he pitched against teams that were like high K rate teams like the Marlins, four of six on the road, he went over. That means that because he's on the road, Peterson, I don't really mind it. Marlins, ninth highest K rate in baseball against lefty pitchers last year. I like the over of five and a half strikeouts for David Peterson, the Mets' southpaw. 
Fishy line alert. This one, I just don't understand. The White Sox at the Astros, 8, 10 p.m. Eastern time. This has caution tape all over it, considering this line moved 10 to 15 cents in favor of the White Sox, yet over 70% of actions coming in on Houston. Three reasons I could give you why this line moved in favor of Chicago. First of all, the White Sox, they kept five of the seven games last year against the Astros really close. Either the White Sox won the game outright or lost by one in five of the seven games. White Sox starter Lance Lynn, he also does pitch better on the road than at home. The Astros lineup, they really are missing their all-star second baseman, Jose Altuve. The bottom four hitters in the order finished one of 13 yesterday, which is this, ugh. Altuve is gone for two months because he fractured his right thumb in the WBC. However, the reason that I'm staying away from this game is because Lance Lynn owns a 9-1-8 ERA against the Astros going 0-6. The Astros starter, Christian Javier, he was an absolute threat on the mound last year. In the regular season, he closed it out. Just over 25 innings pitched, consecutive scoreless innings. Yeah, staying away from this game. Do not think of betting the Astros just because the White Sox won yesterday. Now, there is a strikeout prop I like. The Lynn under six and a half Ks. Just don't lay more than minus 150 on this. I don't lay more than minus 150 on a prop. Lynn against low K rate teams went under six and a half strikeouts in six of eight games. Six and a half is the key number, though, because when he was up against teams and had a five and a half strikeout, he went under five and a half in just three of eight games. The Astros had the third lowest strikeout in baseball against right-handers last year, averaging just over four strikeouts a game against righty starters. Under six and a half, not five and a half, Six and a half strikeouts for Lance Lynn. Late game, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Guardians at the Mariners. I'm taking the Guardians team total under of three and a half runs. Cleveland, they were shut out yesterday by Seattle, and now they face one of the Mariners' southpaws, Robbie Ray. Ray had a great spring training. He posted a 106 ERA across five starts. Now, last season, Ray's fastball velocity dipped. It went down to about 93 miles an hour. Now, he got rid of that issue by raising that, and his fastball has now gone back up to about 95 miles an hour, which was huge progress. He also... He added some pitches to his repertoire, and now with the added velocity, he got that splitter in the offseason to go with his four-seamer, slider, sinker, curve, and changeup. In addition to a top-10 bullpen ERA for Seattle, they should be able to limit those Guardians bats just like they did yesterday. That's it for us here on Bases Juiced. I'm Ariel Epstein, and we're going to be back next week with some more picks from around the league and, of course, great guests from Major League Baseball. Thanks for watching us here on the first and opening week of Bases Juiced. Thank <laughs> you.